0: Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, so you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started.
1: And we are up, and welcome to the Beacon Road Show. I'm your host, Rich Levesque, and with us this lovely day is all the way from New Zealand. just love how the internet works. Mm -hmm. Anna Ferrari who's a mindfulness coach, and we're going to get into some of what she does and her story in a little bit, but let me remind you that you're doing the best you can today with what you have to work with, whether it's. Feels like it or not, you are enough, and you matter. Please take extra special care of yourself today and every day. On the Beaky Road Show, everything is intended to come back to this message, to wrap up around this message, because ultimately, we are all doing our best to be our best and to be seen and heard, both by ourselves and by the world around us. The goal for this show is to honor that by speaking of how that works for us and how it can look. We'll share stories of how we're navigating that journey, and we'll also talk about skills and tools that are available to help us along in our own journeys. And that's the thing. There's no one way for anything. We each have to find what works for each of us in our own ways and on our own terms. Like all things treat this like a buffet table. Remember those? Take what clicks, leave the rest. However you come about finding this little corner and whatever way you use it, it's an honor that you're taking the time to visit today.
0: And how are we doing
1: today, Anna?
2: Hi, Rich. Thank you so much. It's really, for me, it's an honor to be here. And I was just listening to what you were saying and and I didn't have the time this week <clears throat> because I'm a mom and I have a small business to listen to your show. I wanted to, and I actually click on it because I wanted to know more. And I, this is so perfect because yeah, I love your introduction. It's really nice.
1: Thank you very much. And that's the beauty of how this is all playing out on, you know, internet. like we're doing a live stream on Facebook, but ultimately it's about being up on the podcast and, you know, the goal of this in the end is to have it out there because exactly. you now ultimately it's yeah. not about I mean yeah it would be nice to have you know 50 million hits or whatever the cool kids get but what it comes down to in the end is finding the right voice and you know I kind of do my thing and I tell my stories and I have my stuff and my voice clicks for some people but there's a lot of people that it won't click for. That's not a bad thing. It's kind of how we are. We're all individual, yeah. and that's how it's supposed to happen. Yes, yeah. and yeah. that's why I like love the idea of having different guests with different stories and different ways of going through things. Because somebody else's voice might hit. So it, maybe it doesn't happen today or this week, maybe somebody's bouncing around on their you Apple can, Podcast can, and it pops up in six months.
2: You can see videos on YouTube from ten years ago. Exactly. Twenty almost i actually yeah. came up with a very interesting tool um <clears throat> i don't remember the name from this lady she was a psychologist and she developed this really interesting tool and that's all she did i couldn't even found her on facebook her her webpage is really outdated so that's all she did but for me that was like oh such a find yeah so maybe we are this for someone in, <laughs> somewhere, you know, we, we say something that it triggers and yeah, absolutely. And it is,
1: it's crazy. These rabbit holes that we can go down, when we just sit on you like, oh my goodness. There's so many parts of my life and my experience that I wouldn't have had or even have known about if I hadn't just been bored on YouTube on a Saturday night, literally
2: yeah but there's also like a special focus that your attention takes because i was looking for that you know i was looking for um i was googling stuff like you know how to feel better about myself or what to um how do i experience peace or what about meditation what about qigong? but so i think sometimes It it drops in our labs, but there is some sort of, I think there's like um, a pull together from people and content. So someone that is in in this um, message, because the message that I like about your introduction is, uh, you are enough as you are. The rabbit hole is telling you, you have to fix this. You have to make do this better. You have to, you know. So my rabbit hole started with I'm not the person I'm supposed to be, and then I started going into these things, and then eventually I come back to I am enough as I am at all times, which is what your show is about.
1: And my, it kind of started from a little from a fairly similar spot. For me, it was. I always knew, you know, I spun a little bit differently than the world around me and was trying to figure out what exactly that was. And, you know, of course, you kind of learn to just, you know, bottle it up because, you know, ultimately, you know, it was something I kind of tripped on the other day if you're not really being seen and you're not being understood, then you kind of, you're going to back up and you're going to go back into survival. And I think that's that what a that lot perfect? of us do.
2: Isn't that a perfect mechanism? Because what else would it be? How, how, how else would it could have been done at that time in our lives with, you know, the environment and all of that? It's perfect. And it, it's, in a way, it's like a it plants the seed, you know. And when you say that, I was just thinking, well, that's how I have the impression that all of us feel. All of us feel that sense of me being, you know, the odd one out, the strange, the in different ways, in different ways. But I think we all feel that. And that's, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is like, well, that's achieving some sort of specialness, isn't it, for the child you know, to themselves? But eventually, um, yeah, it just does this job of giving us some sort of protection, you know, just extra layers to survive that survival mechanism that you that you mentioned. And then when you start growing up and mature, things things Seem to get worse and worse and worse. And then, kind of middle age, you know, young 30 something, 40s, it starts to clear up that actually, you know, I'm good enough. And people have been telling me for years. I had friends who told me for years to my face I have the Louis Hay book since I was 15 years old. So I couldn't hear it. So when you know, so I I I think there is some sort of natural process of to go through to get to the other side. And for me, the process was going from self-hate, absolutely self-hate, self-abandonment, to coming out of the other side, so to speak, into loving the person that I am. And it's like no matter what. That's the hardest part. (laughs) Easy to love the good Absolutely. But then no matter what is the part that is, I'm always working on because this, this is a sneaky thing that comes at any time, consciously or unconsciously, be telling me, you shouldn't be this way. You need to be this other way. What you're doing is not enough. You should look like this, you should look like that. All of that can come back at any stage and all people around me will trigger that also so keep loving no matter what it's a practice a lifelong practice it's a big commitment and it feels really good most of the time sometimes it doesn't
1: (laughs) now I've experienced and this is something that I've learned in the experience is you you know self loving it's not it's not a noun it's a verb And it's something that it's always, it's a, you know, you don't hit a point where, okay, I've got this all down. It, you know, it starts, I mean, maybe you do when you're like a little, little, when you're a, you know, when you're a baby, you don't know any better. And what happens from there is it doesn't matter what, kind I mean, yeah, upbringings do matter to a degree. If you've had a terrible upbringing, it's going to make it worse. But even those who, you know, grew up with
2: yeah. you know, the
1: most present and the best, you know, there's messages out there that you're going to pick up. And, you know, there's, you know, a lot of times there's no intent other than to get you to buy things or to get yeah. you to, you know, to listen and to fall in line. You know, you know, schooling, like, that's part of the process of raising an adult. Mm. There's no way but to have some
2: of that. Exactly. It has to. Exactly. It has to happen. And it comes like, for example, our parents, when they condition us, they're coming from love. Because sometimes someone would say to someone, don't be so loud. Because they believe others don't like loud people. And if you if my child is loud, he won't be loved or accepted, he won't fit in. So we're basically telling people how to mold themselves to fit in through conditioning that it comes from our parents, they come from their parents, they come from but we are evolving and I think there's a big jump. And that's why for me it's so important to keep myself young when I'm raising my daughter and realize that the world that she's gonna live on is very different. I don't know that world. So I can see what she's growing around and and figure it out that this is it for her in you know I have my like you say it's an ongoing process of being present with what is driving you sort of speak and yeah absolutely and it has to happen conditioning from families and then marketing and peer pressure and all of that
1: education is, of course too. I mean, again, I'm not trying to rip the system. you know. I mean yes. I could, but you know, the people that teach they do the best they can what they know how, but part of the system is to form people to, you know, mold in a certain them. way. Whether you agree with that or not, that's yours to yeah, that's yours. I don't think the same, is, but,
2: sorry, sorry to cut you off. I don't think there's course. an evil intent. I don't think no. there is such a thing as Someone is like, "Well, yeah, people wanna make money. I wanna sell my t shirts. You wanna sell your your t-shirts. It's part of the message, or some people it's just like we don't have it. our message is money. We wanna sell laundry powder and you know and twenty different different packages to cut in people's you know uh buttons uh it's like you know fish net um for people' money. That's okay, but, yeah, so that's a big thing. Because for a lot of
1: us, it's a, you know, profit and, you know, financial success Mm -hmm. is a tangible validation. And we learn that, you know, that's how we, in a lot of ways, we're still, you know, judged on results. That's... Yes. Yes,
2: but honestly, the more that I've come to have the groundness that meditation gives me because meditating kind of like grounds me in the present a lot more and more um and even when i stop sometimes i stop practicing for a week and that's my opportunity because something in me will be like you haven't done it for a week what kind of mindfulness coach are you you haven't meditated for a week. So, my job in that moment is to listen to that and to be okay with me not meditating for a week and to love that voice. Uh, because that's why I stopped meditating for a week. So, I had that opportunity. So, meditation is not an addiction. Meditation is just something I do because I enjoy it. And sometimes I just stop. So, that's one of the things when meditation brings me to the present. And I can see that kind of like vertical cut that is my life—not the being born, going to die. More like this moment. Then everything is a, su- a success. Ten dollars in my account is a success. Zero dollar in my account. Ten millions. I don't. I don't have that experience. <laughs> but but I, um, everything is a success.
1: And it comes down to like in that present. Yeah, you know, we'll kind of start. We're going there with, all right. Yeah, you might have you know, s- you know, seven dollars in your account, but okay. If I have you know, I've got what I need for to get through today, then I'm okay. Tomorrow we'll take you know, we can deal with tomorrow. Tomorrow, and we'll yeah. do what we need to do tomorrow. But right, but also too. And this kind of goes to a lot of, you know, our fears because when we see that, you know, that low, what's going to happen in two weeks when the rent is due? Mm. What's going to happen when, and, you know, it's, most people get caught up in that. I think that, you know, that, I'm not going to.
2: It's pretty scary. If if we think about it, if, if I've been in that position, I haven't been in that position with rent but I've been in that position with all the stuff, and I've been in that position in my head, even though I have lots. So it is pretty scary. That's the part that I like to, when we do the mindfulness coaching, I like to honor that that scary feeling because for the person, it feels as real as it gets. The same way it feels for me, you know, so it's not about uh it's about just addressing that fear and being with it and slowly it disappears in my experience to the point that you get to see those it's like one and the other one goes with the other you become more present you do have those moments where you shift your attention to the imaginary future because it's true that your rent is going to be due in a way that it has happened in the past <laughs> but two weeks is a long time Um, well technically it's not but so what happens is you can be you can bring yourself to the present and just have that ease and in that ease is that miracles are happening you know I don't know what that be I don't know how that looks. It could be a new job opportunity. It could be someone, it could be a check that you didn't expect it. It may be even hard to imagine what could be that could fall in your lap, that it can mean everything is okay. So that's why we close ourselves to possibilities when that automatic, that fear kicks in and it feels so real. That's where nothing can come in. So learning to be with that feeling and kind of like, just honor it first because it's not like you're not supposed to feel anything that you feel. You are feeling it. That's the part that I forget many times a day and that I'm trying to remember. And this conversation is really good for me because it's kind of like a reminder um, to just be with those feelings. Um, But I don't know how we went into the rent. Yeah, the the feeling those being in the present. What being in the present for me is, and what isn't. Being in the present is not trying to control uh, any outcomes. Or um, if I'm in the present because I want something from being present, that's also like a a thing that I have to learn to be with, get familiar. And just each time I notice, you know, come back to the original point, which is, I'm I'm here to be here in this moment.
1: Absolutely, and I love that. I love that mentality, and it it honors, yeah, honors all the feelings because if you, you know. Because most of the time, when we deal with those anxious, scary moments, when we go into the you know fight or flight, you now the you know, the amygdala kind of takes over and kind of hijacks you know all of the logic up front, and you now you're literally, you know, your your you know your mind is creating a bear that you're fighting with. Exactly. Now, so those those you know, those yes. mechanisms are still there. We just, and we haven't evolved out of them yet. So, you know, that amygdala is looking for bears to fight. and like, oh, crap, the rent. All right, there we go. There's your bear. Let's go. And what ends up is, you know, everything is kind of, you know.
2: Everything gets bottled up. And fight. Yeah, you're
1: fighting. You're
2: spending your energy
1: fighting with
2: that. Suddenly it's life or death. Because that's what the fear is. The fear is I won't make it. Um, or, and the other, thing, it's interesting what you say about the, the me, the mind going like that, because it's almost like there is this thing between the physiology of the fight or flight and, mm-hmm. and the vulnerability that it creates for stressful thinking. So that's the part that I'm, I'm, I'm not, I would like to read a little bit about it because I think most of the time. In some stories, maybe, yeah, in some stories that trigger us about people, what comes down to is a feeling in the body that it comes in and then I'm kind of vulnerable to my own thinking, to identifying with it like I did probably when I was a child. And I think the big the big job of maturing or, you know, becoming a um, and I think this is timing and it's the same, it's different for, for everyone. It's just creating that gap where you can observe your thoughts and know that it's thinking. Because I was walking yesterday um, here and I saw this tree and I went to the School of Iron Katie over 10 years ago and we did this morning walks where she would, you know, we would walk and we would name things, you know, tree. For what she calls the first generation thought. So, three, the second generation thought it would be wonderful, tree. So, that adds emotion to something. So, I was walking there and I just saw this tree and I look at it and I just, I almost look at it like it didn't have a label, like it didn't have a name. And then, I thought tree, and then I thought beautiful. And then I realized that when I'm projecting my thinking into the wall, I stopped seeing the world. I was stopping every thought that came in between after it was stopping me from actually in direct experience seeing the tree. And for me, this is important because when I'm in the room, and I'm, or in the walk, I'm in the walk and I practice this direct, direct experience looking, which is like just making eye contact with the things around me. Because most of the time, where my eye contact is, is on my own thoughts. So what's happening is everything is there, but I'm up, focused up here. And that for me, and I, I, this is the sandwich um, example. It happened to me a few times that I start eating, and because I'm so caught up on my thinking, I finish my sandwich, and I don't recall having it. Eat it, and that's what I don't want for me to happen with life. That's the part that I realize, making that direct contact with the things around me and the people gives me it gives me that experience versus giving me the experience of me thinking. So I think there comes a point where we can do that separation between us and our thoughts. And yes, when we are triggered is it's been really, really helpful for me to remember I am triggered. Just to simply acknowledge the fact that I'm like thinking really fast feeling really strong about something, I am triggered. That's my triggers. Day. And then after that, I can, you know, work with the self-compassion, the self-love, in coming back to the present. So. I want
1: to walk back to that sandwich analogy in made because I find myself, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I will be stealing that in the future because that's really <laughs> good.
2: Um, it's so good isn't it i mean like man it's it's such a good for me it's like yeah and you know what i had a I had the experience to see my granddad diagnosed with a really bad um cancer in his brain and he could barely say much but he's he i, I saw something because he was like regretting he was like how much i how many mistakes i made how wrong i was and there was something there that i took as a message to i won't let that happen to me you know i want to get to the end of my life and if the egoic part was having it done it all right that would have been the egoic part but the the part that was like there is something that we figured it out at the end of our lives that we can figure it out right now and just not get, you know, that feeling of feeling cheated, sort of speak, you know? So, yeah, you were saying about the sandwich.
1: Yeah, and I've noticed that there's so many of those experiences where I'm lost in trying to figure out – it's usually something that ultimately – you know, a future piece of information comes along and you realize it, it kind of sorts itself out. Or it's something that's like so big in the world that it's over my head anyway. And, you know, I'll have these, you know, thing you know, these loops kind of go through my head. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for example, if I'm driving, if I'm, you know, on an hour drive and I can find that my head, you know, and then all of a sudden I get to where I'm going and I realize, I have no idea how I got here. I completely missed out on yeah. anything that was around me. I completely missed out on.
2: But the good news is that now you can consciously decide how much of the world you're going to get to see and experience. It's just a reminder. It's just a and this is, you know, you say we all do things along the way, alternatives and things and tools and authors and things like that. I had such a long list of uh, things that I try with. I did one thing called deep looking, which is part of the... Um, uh, I forgot about it. Um, there used to be this guided conversation to see through the illusion of self. Than some people were doing uh, liberation. Annihilation is the name of the website. So deep looking means that deep looking means can you see what like right now? Can you see the roof? Just you know we call it a roof so we can both look up and but you you see the actually solidity of it or apparent solidity. But it's here. It's the present. It's now. It's grounding. And, you know, I was walking in Waiheke Beach one day and I was walking toward, uh, in, at the beach and I saw this, there were this massive boulders, rocks, you know, majestic stuff. And it's like, whoa, I think, you know, all, if all the things that are around you right now are there for you to ground you, this is your present. This is your, this is your moment and, and you will move through it, through life with it. That's how it is. And the other analogy, that I always like traveling buses. Because when you travel in a bus, and maybe, and especially not driving, but when you're traveling a bus, I just can relax in a different way because I'm I'm not in charge. <laughs> uh, I am where I am, mm-hmm. but I'm moving at the same time. So that's the, that's how for me, functions the now being sitting in the bath and time seemingly time past future tomorrow next minute is the bath and some sort of ease that you know you, you you only need to account for that moment for your well-being your well-being is supported over time for your well-being in the moment so that's it so that's the other analogy that is I found it
1: really useful. I like that one. And I like the, you know, it pulls to the people watcher in me. I'm one of those people that if yeah you know, I'm not I'm not a big crowd person. When I get into like a real crowd like that, then it's just kind of like head on swivel, looking for all right, you know, look for the danger. That's just yeah, you know, a lot of that's mm-hmm. kind of like you know, background, but. If it's, you know, like say you're kind of, you know, you're on a bus and it's, you know, there's, you know, stuff going on and you're passing things and there's people, you know, kind of sitting, you know, in their own worlds, kind of, you know, you know somebody might be, you know, reading a book or somebody might be doing the crossword or somebody might be having a conversation over the corner. And I just love kind of watching all these dynamics. Yeah. And I love to just kind of watch like the underlying dynamics of what's really going on. But the whole point is, yeah, it's yeah, we it's a it's really what, good place to you, stay present.
2: What you describe is life because we are doing that. Some people are crochet doing crochet. Some people are talking over um video camera. Some people are out working. You know, it's different because it's not a contained space like a bath. And when I say a bus, in my experience was in a long trip, you know, like a long distance bus where you can actually, you know, you you know you're not gonna be and it's different than a plane because on a plane you just you know it's darkness and, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> but side and so the yeah, what you describe is is basically in the analogy is it's life. It's just if each one is travelling doing what they do in the moment and yes it's adding up to their their experience over time and that's the other thing that you know what i call my life it will be the ex- experience over time uh but that is only happening moment to moment 10 second increment and one thing that i read that I was thinking the other day, and I told my friend who had this insight is that, is yeah, the fight or flight. Like, I had a, an accident four weeks ago. Since the accident, my fight or flight has been like up here, up here. Like, you say, I walk into a room, you know, hazard, hazard, exit. Um, mm-hmm. Things going wrong, you know. Someone knocks a glass, and in my head is a fight—really <laughs> out of proportion. So, in the way, and I all, always had that. I always had that since very little because my environment. So, some of us, for different reasons, we maybe we might have been triggered that fight or flight really strongly one time or repetitive it doesn't matter and it could have been something silly you know a dog just really remember and you were little and just uh, came over you so now that fight or flight has been you know when when I um, walk into a crowd that's gonna be touched again so that's the awareness so all all these four weeks I had to had such a strong, um practice of remembering that i am on my fight or flight is heightened it that it could have actually is the first time that i use the word depressed because that's how i felt and i you know um i never experienced that but so the fight or flight and observing the the heightened state and what places and just doing something to suit that nervous system. It's, uh, you know, figuring out what it is that it suits that nervous system for me was um, key because I went through stages of agoraphobia. I didn't want to leave my house. There weren't long stages, but there were, you know, I couldn't go to uh, a club, which is not a big thing to miss anyway, but right. it you know, I was in my 20s. Uh, I spent like from my 20s to my 30s being safe all the time. No concerts, no crowds, nothing that it would, you know. So eventually I, I had friends too, that took me out anyway and eventually started seeing that it was safe. All of that things but yes the the fight-or-flight triggers the vulnerability in the stories and then and then that's what we experience so we are not experiencing life we are experiencing our thinking so when if if I am feeling um, sad it's because I'm having a a sad thought if I'm feeling scared it's because I'm having a, a Scary thought. So, just again, creating that gap with your mind where you just observe it, feel the effect, but it's not you. It's not, not your identity anymore. Like when we were kids, probably.
1: It kind of, It's yeah. You know, ultimately, if you just kind of sit with it and you kind of accept it for what it is, and you're not trying to either identify with it or going the other way, trying to fight it off because, well, this isn't acceptable to feel this way, quote unquote, and what
2: happens is,
1: I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, 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 you go ahead, you go ahead.
1: And so it ends, if you just kind of accept, it, you just kind of flow with it, then it kind of does what it needs to do, and then it just kind of goes about its merry way and kind of go on, and it doesn't, you know, take up permanent residence.
2: No, the resisting is actually how it gets to stay because the resisting backup story is if I don't resist this, this is going to swallow me. This is going to mean so much bad things if I don't resist this, if I don't push this away. Or I can either make it true and like you say, identify with it. This is me. Or I can say, this is me, I don't want it. So that's me, someone that is this and it doesn't want it. So there is two layers of me. So when you say flowing with it, it's basically saying, I'm having an experience. This experience is already here. This feeling doesn't mean nothing about me. It's just a feeling. It's here. It's probably really old. It's probably been here many, many times. And I've been, with, I've been like shooshing it away, you know, like a self person that knocks and says, Oh, <laughs> no, go away. <laughs> and now it's like, Oh, now I'm taking a different approach with you. And that's why I think it, one of the things I wrote last week is learn to relate to these feelings is the point of relating to these feelings. It's not even to fix yourself. It's it's not about that. Relating to these feelings, it's an experience that you're having and you can handle it in a different way that that we've all been handling for a long time. So this way is, you know, openness and um, to listen to the feeling, to just have it. Some people need, you know, uh, someone next to them to do this holding because it can be overwhelming to just go back to a feeling and just start feeling it. You know, some people will be a mild discomfort. some people will be like a really intense, scary feeling. So holding space for that is part of uh, what I do. And I am aware of my limitations and I'm learning. I don't, I'm not an expert. But finding that feeling and just learning to relate to it is the core of the mindfulness um, thing. And what comes, what happens in that is each person experiences a new level of resilience to their own feelings, self-resilience, uh, self-reliance, self-assurance. You know, it's like finally I'm showing up for me. So it's very, very nice.
1: Yeah. Yes. And when I'm listening to you describing the process and what is coming through to me and I think is very important to get across is at no point in any of this process is there any quote unquote fixing of anything. It's not. It's no. Everything, yeah. you know, you're, you know, it's, you know, the, you know, the person's value, you know, you're, you know, in case of like a client of yours, you know, the value is there and their worth is there. It's always been there it's and it's going been. to continue to be there.
2: It's amazing. For you. It's
1: yeah. just honoring what's there and finding, you know, and finding peace with the things we don't spend with enough time in yeah and that's all it is it's not fixing anything it's honoring it's i see as honoring what's already there
2: exactly and it's been there and it's going to be there you know so that's i think that's that's the biggest thing that you know sometimes we get to realize uh seemingly too late <laughs> there is no such a thing but that's always there. We're always it. We're always what the, without thinking to tell me otherwise. You know, if I tell you I'm the perfect weight, something is going to come in, an image of the perfect body or an image of an outfit that I believe I cannot wear. It's going to come to the, the my mind will do all those things to try to prove me that I'm actually not the perfect way, that I should be this other way, blah, 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 blah. So learn to identify that as a feeling in the body and saying to that place, is like, you're okay, you're enough, you're, you know, and that is the same for everything that can be measured against the standard or against someone else. Because, you know, I'm not the person I'm supposed to be, is the it's a really broad way to fall short no matter what you do. Yeah, <laughs> Because it know, keeps moving the target
1: so you can't hit it.
2: Exactly. But the the, the to keep mo- to keep going, like I wrote something that is like it took me so long to figure it out. The uh some things were the problem this guys as the solution. All that fixing myself was the problem disguised as the solution. There was nothing to fix. Like you say, we are not making anyone better. We just, you know, being at peace with being good enough, worthy and as I am. And we all can say that, I can say that to a degree because I still have thinking that will come in but it it doesn't change the fact that's something that I'm still working on myself.
1: That makes sense. It seems like that's going to be a, a a constant. It's always going to be, you know, you know, there's going to be, you know, moments and experiences that will challenge that. And it's going to be a process to continually remind yourself. It's not, you know, and it's ultimately, you know, you know, that's whole, part of the whole point of, you know, this whole life thing being a journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, there is mm-hmm. no destination. We all have the same beginning. We all have the same end, and everything else is just the ride.
2: Well, the quality of your life is the quality of this moment. Are you, like, because then when you when you come out of the survival... And you realize that the past doesn't exist anymore, other than as those twitchy feelings in the body that can be loved. They can be loved, they can be whole, they don't, you know, you relate to them. So then, my, from my experience, and is that you come to this kind of zero point, which is like the past doesn't exist anymore. Moving forward, I can give whoever I want to be. And that I, Is whoever life wants to be, because it's like life is leaving you, and you can pick and choose because you have a free will. You have a a preference. You have a taste. Some people like race cars. Other likes uh, Lego. It's you know, and it's like, and what do I base my doing? I base in I base it in the level of joy that it gives me. Versus I basically do recognition, approval, appreciation, which is absolutely fine. I do a lot of things for approval. I do things for appreciation. It used to be my religion,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> then
2: slowly, you know, and Katie, Katie has a lovely saying says, um, about love, approval, seeking love, approval, and appreciation. Uh, so that's very interesting to notice also. Where am I seeking love, approval, and appreciation? okay i I am doing it that's the end of the line there's no need why do i do it i shouldn't do it oh that's happening that's present for me so just being with that it's um yeah it's a it's a moment to moment practice of like there is this idea that i had for a book it may happen or no but i had this this feeling, because this this is the other thing, I start, I started having these feelings, and one of the feelings is that we are learning, we are here learning to live as love. That's, and the love can only live through us when we we, we apply it to ourselves. By figuring it out that we're whole, we're worthy, we're enough we have these tensions that's enough to that's good too that's worthy and then you you kind of like fill your cup and then you can uh be an expression of love be that tool for love that that sense that you know you could be meeting people that you live in that way will trigger them that's a good thing (laughs) so there could be people that want you know so Everything will ripple from that sense of self-love and kind of deeper identity. Sort of. um, um. Exactly.
1: You're a tool for somebody else to, you know, maybe they need something mirrored back. Then they get to choose from there. If they choose to sit with that and work through that experience, or they may not. They may sit. They may decide they're going to fight with it and go about with their existence, and that's perfectly their right to do so. Ah,
2: Yes. And that's the other thing. Someone said to me, I say to them, you know, I didn't believe in chakras and I still don't know much, but I had this experience and I feel that my heart chakra just opened. And, oh, okay. So he says something to me. It's like, well, some people are going to tell you that uh, that's, that's bullshit. And what, what are you going to do with that? And I just say, I'll, I'll, I'll just love them. And it's like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yes, you just love them. Because what's not to love? They're having their own experience. It's no personal to me if they say, you know, something about me or what I believe on. And that's something that I, I started, um, I have a daughter and sometimes I see behavior in the kids that I can see there is the misunderstanding platform for everything else. Um, one time, uh, there were these this two girls, and they were playing, and my daughter walked by, and I say, honey, you look beautiful. And the other girl turned around and she say, you are saying I'm not. So I gave one girl a compliment, without even thinking about anything else, and the other girl thought, three thought process was that I wasn't telling. I was telling her she wasn't. It's up to this day that there was a time where someone else would get complimented in front of me, and I would feel this, you know, this this feeling that something was taken away from me. But then eventually you get to see that it's, there's just a feeling. And I I think some of the things that we go through as adults are from those, uh, because the mind of the child, as I've seen it, is always measuring who's first, who's gonna win, who has more, who has less, who's popular, who's unpopular, how to, how to be liked, how not to be liked, you know, whose opinions matter. My daughter had a jacket for her school picture and some people say she looked better without it and she took it off and then she said to me well i actually think i look better with it but i did take it off it's like well now you know how to listen Mm -hmm. ah okay so slowly getting that uh, you know it's almost like we adults regress and that's um Something that the mindfulness also addresses, because when we go into the trigger, what we're doing is we're going back to a, a younger self, uh, and that's why you see grown-ups acting like children. Myself, you know,
1: mm-hmm. trying to fill that need that they didn't get met.
2: Exactly. And, yeah,
1: and, that, and the end, that's really in the end, we're all. Even if it's aggravating and frustrating, and you want to like lose your mind, we're all just trying to be heard in the end.
2: By ourselves. Exactly. Being heard by our own self. There is part of us that we have left behind. We have been either left behind, medicated, you know, pretend they are not there. Uh, denial it's called denial for a reason, you know, it's <laughs> denial. <laughs> so all of that is is our um, is where love is needed the most and it's been seen the least. So you know learning to love all that part of you that you think is whatever you've been telling yourself it is. It's, a, it's a good news because that means you can love yourself love yourself whole all of it and you are putting no conditions to the love for yourself. You it is not even, Yeah, it's not even about hitting the target of the perfect unconditional love. I love that I'm not unconditionally loving to me sometimes. When I am not unconditionally loving, I love that. Because if I didn't, I will be conditional. (laughs) It's a bit of a, you know, um, but yeah. So the learning to, when you learn to live unconditionally to you, you learn to live unconditionally to others. And that always leads to more openness and more sort of connection. And the people that used to react one way to you, they will react to others to another ways. And no matter what, it always leads to the better. The person that gets triggered, the person that gets inspired, it always leads to something better. It may suck for the person that gets triggered for a while, but that's what they need to, that's what they need to do. if that's what that
1: they do. suck is what they need for their growth.
2: Exactly. All
1: right, yes. let me get the clock. Yeah, we're we'll going to wind this down, but I'm going to throw a few, um, you know, later questions. Questions at you. Um, it's very similar to like you know Lewis House and James Lipton. You know? apologies to both of them, but I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just first question, first answer comes to mind. Go with it.
2: Oh, I don't uh, know what I'm going to say. That's scary. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> right.
1: If you could go back in time and experience one event in person, on what,
2: would what? It be? one, one event? event? Yes. Yes, I am experiencing it. It's a 2020 pandemic thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm experiencing a moment in time. Like uh, history, you know? Yeah. Makes sense.
1: Um, What's the one thing that if you go without it, it totally throws everything out of whack?
2: Exercise and meditation. Over time. I can take breaks. I can be Lazy or indulgent, but yeah, overtime meditation and exercise and friends.
1: Is there know. a, um, a either fast food place or a beverage shop? You know, one of those places that has the drive-thru. Is there one you go by that's still tough for you to pass up? It's just kind of like,
2: um, no, no, I I kind of uh, quit fast food a long time ago, but I I have it as a guilty pleasure.
1: Okay, so <laughs> when you have the guilty pleasure moment, what's the first one that comes to mind?
2: Ah, uh, McDonald's. Yeah, quarter pounder. Yeah. Oh, I hear that.
1: <laughs> mine, were, mine is the ten piece, ten piece nuggets. Even though I know that they're terrible, and I know every way that they're terrible. They also taste so good when
2: they yeah. yeah. And they do the job sometimes, you know, because sometimes I'm feeling like not very good and it just had that and it's like sugar, fat <laughs> all in one go. <laughs> it's yeah, it's tasty.
1: Yeah. What brings joy?
2: Uh, be being where I am. Yeah. What brings peace? The same answer being where I am, yeah.
1: And what brings hope?
2: Uh, Hope is, yeah, I think hope is, what brings hope is people learning to live from their hearts and waking up to what love means for each one of them. And yeah, that transformation brings hope. Because transformation doesn't need time. And hope kind of sets the idea that we'll be better. But we already are better. We just need to transform our view. That's the spot. Last
1: question. What is the one thing you want people to think of first when they see you, they think about you, when you walk in the room?
2: Um, That I'm an open person and that we can talk to each other, relate and be friends. Yeah, that I'm not there to get them or judge them. Yeah.
1: How can somebody get a hold of you if they want to connect with you?
2: That's a good question because everything is a bit in the making, but I have an email address. Uh, it's info at AnnaFerrari.com. That's my full name. And, yeah, I'm, I'm still in the process of setting up because I'm an artist. I'm a mother. I have a business. So I'm trying the process to integrate the art, the mindfulness coaching. Um, so I would say send me an email. Yeah, that would be the best way to contact Perfect. me. Yeah. And I'm doing two things. I'm doing one-on-one sessions. And the other thing I'm doing is I am uh, sort of compiling a book um, with the sessions, the mindfulness sessions that I'll be facilitating for someone that chooses to go through that uh, modality with me. So and the reason is for the same reason that I appreciate you doing this because in each conversation there is information that we don't know uh, it could change someone's life. You know, even a Facebook comment can make a big difference. So that's why I want to write a book. I want to write the stories about relating to your feelings the same way that, uh, you decided to, um, do these conversations. It may find someone and it's out there and it's just another expression of, um, love at the end. So yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. That is beautiful,
1: Anna. This is great stuff. I'm so glad we were able to connect and get this. Get
2: to do yes, this I really appreciate you setting it up and, and committing the time there for and the willingness to learn and share it because it's fantastic.
1: Thank you very much, and thank you to those who were um, jumped on the stream and for those who watch on YouTube or listen on your podcast of choice. Um, you can reach me at my site and that's going to be um, beaconroad.net I also have a Patreon account that I've got set up, uh, patreon.com slash beaconroad and I'm on the usual social media suspects, um, Facebook and Twitter, I'm at beaconroad10 and on the Instagram, I'm at beaconroad and these will all be attached to the notes with the go with the podcaster, go in the description. So feel free to stop by and thank you very much for spending some time with us. In however way you did, because ultimately we have possessions, we have money, we have stuff, but our most valuable commodity is time. We only have a limited amount of that and for you to spend an hour with us today, hey, it's so much appreciated. So you all take care, be safe, be well We'll Talk soon